Welcome to Chase Oaks. We are so glad that you have joined us this weekend. We are kicking off a brand new series called Joyride, going through the book of Philippians. It is a letter that was written to the church in Philippi by uh, the Apostle Paul. Now, uh, whether you are a Christian or not, I just think, man, couldn't we all use some joy? Couldn't our jobs use some joy? Couldn't our homes use some joy? Couldn't our marriages use some joy? Couldn't our country use some joy? Couldn't the world use some joy? And I want to make the distinction this weekend between joy and happiness. Because there's lots of things that can make us happy. Uh, For me, uh, shoes make me happy. Uh, Basketball makes me happy. Basketball shoes make me happy. Uh, Car washes make me happy. Uh, Food makes me happy. Pizza, little shrimp fried rice, uh, dessert makes me happy. I I got a sugar tooth for show. Uh, We talking Tiff's treats. Oatmeal raisin, mm, 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 thank you, Lord. Um, crumble cookies, it don't even matter what kind of cookies in the pink box, as long as they're in the pink box, we here for it, you know. Uh, Andy's frozen custard, um, Portillo's chocolate cake shake. If you don't know what Portillo's is, it's Chicago-style hot dogs. They just moved a couple of them down here to Illinois. I, ain't, I mean, down here to Texas. I ain't even got no reason to go back to Illinois no more. I grew up in Chicago. I said, bye, we got Portillo's. We good. Uh, we're looking at Emporium Pie. If you've never had Emporium Pie, you are missing out on life. If you want your worship to go to another level, you need to go to Emporium Pie. Now, before you look up any of these places, consult with the doctor, okay? Don't just be going out in the streets and doing whatever I tell you to do. But these are some things that make me happy. I mean, you've got your list too. For some of you, now the thing that makes you happy is the smell of freshly folded laundry. For some of you, the thing that makes you happy is organization in general. Everything being in the place that it's supposed to be. I saw some of you elbowing, they're like, that's you. And it makes you happy. For some of you, uh, the Cowboys winning anything makes you happy, which is why you're here sad, which is why you came to church this weekend. Uh, for some, some of us, the, the thing that makes us happy is just the great outdoors. For some of us, we're happy when we're on vacation. It's the beach. It's the ocean. It's the resort. It's room service. It's people bringing us food to our room without having to move our bodies very far. That brings us some happiness. Uh, even as my wife and I are in our eighth year of parenting, we've learned that it's actually pretty easy to make our kids happy. iPad and ice cream. It works every single time. Like, it doesn't matter what's going on in our life. They could be screaming, crying. I promise you some ice cream will wipe away every tear from their eye. However, joy is another conversation. Because happiness is something that can happen whenever we get what we want. (laughs) It's momentary. But joy, now we're talking about something that's going on in our soul. Because I could ask you the question, are you happy? But then if I ask you, do you have joy this weekend? 
Because if you're happy, it means things are going the way you'd like them to go. But joy actually doesn't need perfect circumstances to have it. I like to think of happiness as something that uh, the result of it puts a smile on our face. I think about the word joy. I think about somebody that has a smile on their soul. There's something deep going on there. And I believe in the book of Philippians, we're going to get some tips, perhaps some tricks, to being able to truly have joy. Did you know that the word happy only pops up in the New Testament four times? The word joy pops up 68 times just in the New Testament. Some people would say God wants us all to be happy. I would say maybe, sure. But I know for sure God wants each and every person here today to have unspeakable joy. So, whether you find yourself disgruntled, a little ticked off, maybe with a splash of pessimism, or maybe you're one of those glass half full naturally happy people they just wake up happy i would love to invite you to go on a joy ride with us through the book of philippians over the next couple of weeks and i'd like us to begin in philippians chapter one starting in verse three the apostle paul writes this he says i thank my god every time i remember you in all my prayers for all of you I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. My thesis for this weekend is that you and I would look for joy. And I think... When you and I look for joy, we can find it in three areas. Number one, I believe that we can find joy in God's plan. I believe that we can find joy in God's plan. Did you know that God has a plan for your life? I love what it says in Ephesians, Ephesians 2.10. It says that God prepared a good work for us in advance. A good work. In other words... Long before you were born, God had a good work that he prepared for you to do. So long before you made any mistakes, long before you did something that you think ruined your life, guess what? God was, had something up his sleeve for your life. And the deal is still on, regardless of the mistakes that you've made. And I truly believe. That you will not find joy for your soul until you connect your life to a good work. Can I ask you a question this weekend? Does your life have a good work? Does your life have something that is bigger than you? That is bigger than a salary? That is bigger than an accolade? That is bigger than followers? Something that truly matters. Does your life have a good work that you believe is a God thing? That you go, God put me on the planet to do this, to serve these people, to be in this position. And maybe it has something to do with your career. Maybe it doesn't. But until your life has that thing, I don't think life truly makes sense. 
I think it's going to be very, very difficult to find joy without God's plan. Some people put a lot of faith in their plan. And that they just believe, I'll find joy if I just get married. To which I say, have you talked to married people lately? Listen, I just don't know if, you th- if it's going to do for you what you think it's going to do. Some of us believe, oh man, you know, joy joy's going to happen when other people get their act together. <laughs> when everybody else just starts doing what I want, they start behaving like me, and I just... I just, I just got some, I got some good news for you. I think it's good news at least. Your joy is no one else's responsibility. Our joy is on nobody else's job description. You, you may have heard me say this before, and I'll, I'll say it again. Humans make great mates, but they make horrible gods. They are terrible at saving souls. They are terrible at giving joy to a soul that can weather any storm. And so I think it's important for you and I to perhaps lower our expectations for one another and the people in our life and increase our expectations for our God to go, God, I'm going to look for joy in the plan that you have for me, not in the plan that I have for me, because I don't think that that's where you truly find joy. I love what Philippians 1 verse 12 says. It says, now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel as a result It has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. The second area that I believe that you and I can can find joy I believe we can find joy in God's purpose. One of the key components of this particular letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi is that he wrote it from prison. Here's a guy talking about joy from a place that isn't very joyful. I don't know if you've ever been to prison. I don't know if you've ever visited someone in prison. I had the wonderful opportunity to uh, speak one time in a prison in Illinois. And it was an interesting journey and trip, to say the least. Uh, they invited me to speak. Uh, uh, there was a church that I had spoken at there, and they played uh, quite a few of the messages that I had done in the past in this prison. And so uh, all of the inmates actually knew who I was when I got there, which was a little bit disconcerting on, on, on the on the onset. You know, hey, Ryan! How do you know me? You know, it was just, I didn't, I didn't know how to handle that. And they invited me and a worship leader. But me and the worship leader had to do background checks, of course. Now, 
I'm not going to tell you the worship leader's story because I don't know it, but for some odd reason, the state of Illinois did not clear this brother to get into the prison. That's his story to tell. It's not my story to tell. Nevertheless, it left me there by myself having to do worship and preach. Now, I grew up around a, a lot of worship leaders. One of my friends taught me how to play guitar in the key of G. If you don't know what that means, it means it's a, it's a lower register, you know, you, a little bit more of a deeper voice. But if you play in the key of G, you don't really have to move your fingers as much, and you can convince other people that you can play guitar. Then you use this little instrument called a capo, which literally holds strings down to allow you to play in any key. So people believe that I can fully play the guitar. That's not true, but they think it's true. Nevertheless, I love playing the guitar specifically in the key of G. Then I had another friend that taught me how to play the piano, but only in the key of C, which is a much higher register. So I learned how to play in the key of C, and they taught me this little trick. They said, hey, if you learn how to play the piano in the key of C, you don't have to touch the black keys. I thought, what? So I learned how to play in the key of C. And some pianos have a transpose button that allows you to sing in any key. So some people believe I know how to prolifically play the guitar and piano. However, that is false. But I said for these inmates, I got them. Okay? So I need to know what kind of instrumentation we are working with in the prison. Therefore, they said, hey, Ryan... They have a guitar and a piano. Which one are you a little bit more comfortable with? I said, you know what? Give me the guitar. Give me the guitar. I'm good with the guitar. So I practice two songs on guitar in the key of G with a deeper voice in my hotel room before going to prison. I get there. The guitar's broke. So all they have is the piano. They said, you said you could play piano, right? I said... I know what I said to you before I got here, but now that we're here in the situation, I said I could play piano if it has a transpose button, which in prison, they ain't got nice pianos, okay? It's just like a regular piano, and some of the keys didn't even work, and so I just had to make a game-time decision, like, okay, I practice in G, if I'm going to jump that many keys, then it's going to be... A little bit interesting, and I'm just, I'm, I'm praying for these inmates in a whole different way. I'm like, Lord, I feel bad for them that they got me instead of the guy that couldn't pass a background check. Nevertheless, I get up there and, and give it my best. Some of the keys worked. It was out of tune. It, it, was, it was terrible worship leading. But I will tell you this. I have never had a worship experience like it in my life. And, and I played two songs. One song I played was a song called Cornerstone. Another song I played was a song called King of My Heart. Uh, the bridge to it goes, You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. The chorus goes, You are good, good. Oh, you are good, good. Oh. Um, when I started playing King of My Heart, They would not stop singing. And I'm looking at three, four hundred men in prison singing. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. And I'm thinking to myself, if they can sing, 
who are we that we can't sing it? And I somehow ended the song and I stopped playing. And they kept singing for ten minutes. You are good. Good. Just this choir going up to the heavens. You know, sometimes I think we sing about the goodness of God because it's true. Sometimes I think we sing it because we need it to be true. And I don't know where you are on the scale this weekend. But I, I got to encourage somebody to choose joy. To choose to see the goodness of God in everything. So, so Paul did. <laughs> Paul's in prison. <laughs> and he's going, <laughs> I know you guys feel bad for me. I, I know you're like, I, man, Paul, <laughs> you're in prison. He's going, hey, don't feel bad for me. For the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached in prison. And brothers and sisters are becoming more and more bold because I'm in here. So don't be dismayed. By my chains. For the gospel of Jesus Christ continues to move forward. And, and then he says this in verse 15. He says, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives to truth, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Now, you want to know one of the things that can rob us of our joy? I think sometimes there can be this thing of, well, if pastors would just get their act together. If the church would just, it's just, and they do this, and I like this, when they sing this song, and I like it. We can just kind of get our preferences kind of in the way of just actually being a Christian sometimes. Sometimes we'll give our emotional energy away to other people from silly arguments. Here's the Apostle Paul going, yeah. There's some people who don't represent us well. But if Christ is being preached, that's all that matters to me. And again, I rejoice. Which leads me to, to the, the third and, and final area that I think that you and I can find joy. In, and I think we see this when, when it says in Philippians 1.18, Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. He's going, hey, I know, I know you're sending me reports about what these people are doing and those guys are doing, and, and I get it. But guess what? I'm going to continue to rejoice, and I think we can find joy in God's perspective. I think that you and I can find joy in God's perspective, and I think that's what the Apostle Paul did. And I think he did it so well. He just kept his eye on the ball to go, wait a second. Isn't Christ being preached anyways? As long as Christ is being preached, I can't control everybody else's emotions. I can't control everybody else's motives. I just, but what I can't control is, is my perspective. To say, Lord, I, just, I want yours. And so again, I say, rejoice. 
if you follow the Apostle Paul's writings, it's like rejoice is his favorite word. And, and, and my definition of rejoice is joy on repeat. Let's run it back again. Let's have some more joy again. Let's find it again. Let's put, let's play this track one more time. And I just, I just wanted to just give us this weekend the permission to enjoy our life. I think that's part of what rejoicing is. It's actually this verb of saying, I'm actually going to enjoy my circumstances, regardless if I think those circumstances are ideal or not. So here's what I want to do. At every location, everywhere, everywhere, everybody watching this message, wherever you're watching it from, I'm going to give you permission this weekend to enjoy your life. I don't know whose permission you need to enjoy your life, but I'm going to give it to you. Easy on the pie, but just go enjoy your life. Because sometimes it feels like there's like this middle school principal following us around, keeping us from enjoying our life. And, and can I go here? Can I, can I eat this? Can I enjoy your life? You only get one. So enjoy your life. I, I love to say that people are difficult. Enjoy them anyways. Life is difficult. Enjoy it. Anyways, you only get one. Like the boss you got might be driving you crazy. You ought to be glad that you got a boss to drive you crazy. Your spouse might be driving you crazy. Enjoy your spouse. Yes, and enjoy them. Like if you've got in a fight today, good. Go home and go, I can't wait to do this again. I'm so grateful to have you in my life. Like enjoy the fact that you have them in your life at all. I, I don't know what you are waiting for to happen in your life to begin to have joy. But I just got to give you some permission to enjoy your life. I just, I love the perspective that the Apostle Paul had. Philippians 1 verse 19 says this, it says, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body. Watch this. Whether by life or by death. Now, you got to see this very interesting perspective that the Apostle Paul has on life and death. He says, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is 
Better by far. I love y'all, but Jesus is better. This is what he's telling us. And then verse 24 says, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you, again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Oh, the Apostle Paul sitting in a prison, trying to decide between life and death. He can't figure it out. Kind of want to die. Ah, maybe I want to live. I'm not sure. But for your sake, I'll stick around for a little bit. Like, I mean, like, it's like, thank you. Thank you, the Apostle Paul. We appreciate you for sticking around for our sake. But I just, I just love that the Apostle Paul got to a place in his prison cell where he's going, death and the fear of it will not have a grip on my life. Death nor life will determine my joy. I'm going to have joy wherever I whether I'm in prison or out of prison, <laughs> I'm going to have joy. Because my environment is not the thing that is determining my joy. God's plan for my life. God's purpose for my life. God's perspective on my life is the engine behind the joy that I have. For me to live, great. Kill me. You just get to send me to be with my best friend for eternity. I'll take either. As long as God has given me purpose, I'll live for your sake. Can you imagine if you and I got there? And we say, good job, bad job, no job. That we could see God's plan, purpose, and perspective in it. I think we could have joy through all of that. I love what... James chapter 1 verse 2 says, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Count it all joy. What's all? You want to know what's included in all? Cancer. Or being in the best shape of your life. Bad grades or 4.0 GPA. High interest rates or a paid off house. Richer, poor. Our brand of politics winning or our brand of politics losing. Single, dating, engaged, breaking up, married, divorced, widowed. All free or for the Apostle Paul in prison is included in the all. I don't know what all has gone on in all of your life. But I just wanted you to know as we kick off this joy ride series. That there is a version of your life where you have options to look at it all and count it all joy.
that you can find joy in any of your circumstances. Um, I often work out um, at Lifetime Fitness um, over here in Allen. Don't stalk me. Don't like try and find me or anything. But nevertheless, I uh, was working out at Lifetime Fitness one day. was playing basketball by myself, just shooting around. And I see a, a, a chase ochre begin to approach me. They kind of airplane waved me down, you know. And, uh, and I actually enjoy when, when people stop me and, and just say hello or, you know, uh, tell me how they're doing or share their story with me. And this woman, she, she comes on the basketball court. And she says, hey, I, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt your workout, but I just, I just want to say thank you. I'm a Chase Oker. Your message has really encouraged me. And she said, you know, there's this phrase you use. About once a quarter, you, 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 you say it often, and it's this. The people that impress me the most are parents who've lost a child and yet have the courage to walk through the doors of a church and sing about the goodness of God for 20 minutes. And I say it often because it's true. And this is what this woman said to me. She said, I'm that parent. And every time you say it, I feel like God sees me. So thank you. I lost a child way too soon. And I just, I admire her. I admire the people that don't have ideal circumstances, yet still walk through the doors of a church and sing about the goodness of God. For 20 minutes. That can sing songs. About him being more than able. After experiencing the biggest disappointment of their life. Those people. That's what I want. I don't think she's happy. I think she walks through the doors of the church. And chooses joy. She chooses joy because what she still can see is that God's not done with her story and that God's not done with her family yet. And so she holds on to the promises of God. She holds on to the plan that God has for her. She holds on to the purpose that God has for her. And I believe she holds on to the perspective that God has for her. My prayer for us this weekend, whether we get our favorite ice cream or not, whether we've got our dream car or not, whether we're married to our dream person or not, whether the, the economy is booming or not, I pray that you and I would have the courage to walk through the doors of a church and sing about the goodness of God for 20 minutes. That you and I, in the society we live in, <laughs> we would find ourselves in the pursuit of happiness. 
But I pray that we would actually choose joy in the middle of our circumstances, whether they're ideal or not. Father, I thank you so much for this amazing church. I pray, God, that you would uh, you give us the strength and the courage to do the tough things sometimes, which is to choose joy. <laughs> Lord, I pray this weekend we would be looking for your joy first in your plan. I pray, God, that even when we experience great loss, may we truly know that you have a plan. Lord, I, I pray that in our darkest hour, we would truly see your purpose. That some of the things that we just can't even understand, Lord, I pray that we would pause this weekend and, and say, Lord, would you just show me why we're in this position, why we're in this situation. And perhaps there's somebody else that needs our testimony, that needs our God's story. Dare I say, needs our joy. God, I just pray that wherever my friends are on their journey of life and their, and their faith journey, Lord, would you, would you give us your perspective? Would you help us see our lives and our careers and our relationships through your perspective? I know that we've got difficult people in our life, but Lord, I pray that we would enjoy them anyways. And Lord, I know life is difficult, but I pray that our souls would be so well that we would have a joy that could get us through any circumstance. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say it. Amen.